welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, joined by Andy Shea. We'll have Ross Tucker along a little bit later. Andy, how about we start with a bit of a review of the news? Is that okay with you? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's uh, let's dig deep into some off-season news and see what you got cooking for us. Well, there's always stuff happening, even during the off-season. I want to start with this. Um, apparently, Penn State put out another offer for a transfer portal candidate. This is defensive end Jordan Dominic from Georgia Tech. Um, I... I don't know about a scouting report on this player, but I wanted to look at it from the different angle from the Penn State side of things. Yep. Was defensive end or is defensive end a position that you think this team should be looking for some help? I I absolutely 100% think it's sort of, I would say the defensive end is a sort of hidden need position. So these are your defensive ends, right? Nick Tarburton, Adisa Isaac, who did not play in 2021 at all because of an injury, Smith Vilbert, and Zariah Fisher. Those are your defensive ends. That's not going to strike fear into any Big Ten offensive coordinators, right? Like, that's... Are they decent players? Did Nick Does Nick Tarburton fill a role? Yes. What the heck do you know about Adisa? A, a talented first step guy could be great, but... He didn't play in 2021, and he suffered an injury that cost him the entire season. There's a process to come back from that. Um, I know highly touted recruit Danny Dennis Sutton. He's coming, right? He's part of the 2022 recruiting class. Um, but to me, defensive end is is one of those tougher transition positions to make a jump. It's just my opinion, but I've seen it way too often and understand the mechanics of it, whether you're going from college to the NFL and it's the same from high school to major college. It's just one of those tough positions that you say, Oh, you could come in and and make an impact. I've seen first round draft pick after first round draft pick take a year or two or two and a half seasons before they sort of figure out the nuance of the position and can be an impact type player. I'm not talking a star or elite. I'm just talking where you're doing your job and having an impact. It's just one of those sneaky, tough transition positions. So, you know, I just think if you can add a defensive end with experience and you offered him because you like what you're looking at, I don't see that that hurts this room and this position at all. I think fans have to be careful you know, you see a defensive end come in last year, Arnold Ibikidi, who becomes a potential first-round pick. That's not the way this always works right. when you hit the transfer portal. Right. I look at this more as when you talked about, you know, defensive ends for this coming season, you named four guys, just four guys. And we all know uh, Penn State likes to rotate those players, like to go at least two deep. And if you have exactly four guys, you're very vulnerable. As you said, Adisa Isaac coming off an injury. You don't know if you have depth here. So even if this is a player who comes in and doesn't make a, uh, 
you know, impact as a starter and a stud player like Ibakiti, I think you still need depth here. Or this is another one of those positions where I've been saying it for a long time, Andy, those 20 and 21 recruiting classes where there yes. were a lot of numbers but not necessarily a lot of stars. Right. We always were told potential. There's so much potential, and it's going to. we need to wait for year two or year three. Well, guess what? It's year three now. It's time. Are we going to see a Zariah Fisher step up? Are we going to see, you know, Smith Vilbert? Or how about Davon Townley, you know, 6'6", 250? That's the kind of build you look for at defensive end. But we have no indication that any of these guys is going to be one of those who's going to step up and be part of that, you know, uh, too deep. So, so, yeah, I think defensive end is a good position to bring somebody in, even if it's just someone with starting experience who can hold down the fort. A uh, couple other things. Last week, Andy, we found out, and it was after we recorded the show, but I wanted to get your take on it. We found out that it's official. College football is going to be status quo for the next couple of years as far as the college football playoffs go. It will stay at four teams at least until the current contract ends, which means I think two or three more years uh, with the four-man playoff system. What do you think about that? So that means they're going to be status quo until after the 2025 season it it looks like and you know I kind of when you brought this up to me I I struggle do I like the thought of the expansion or do I like the four team field I kind of like the four team field but I also who doesn't like a tournament and who doesn't want more college football as college football junkies who doesn't want more quote-unquote playoff college football but the the thing that strikes me whether you kind of expand this or not keeping keeping it limited means one thing like the sec is is driving the train they're in the catbird seat they are the alpha dog in the room and i don't know if that changes whether you have four or six or eight teams i don't know because it's still going to be about kind of about the sec but i do know that at like four that the say for example the pac-12 and the big 12 they're just on the outside looking in. And, and, and even in the ACC, unless you're Clemson, you're kind of going to be on the outside looking in. It's kind of created, you know, it is competitively better, but it's still kind of the BCS as we used to know it, where it's, it's kind of the SEC's gig. And they've earned that by playing their way into it. So I think I'd like to... See it expanded. I don't have a problem with four, but I, I just know even the Big Twelve, if you're or uh, the Big Ten, excuse me, if you're not Ohio State, it's hard to crack the top, you know, to get an invite to the party because the SEC is is so entrenched and and has you know that catbird seat that that they can't be shaken off of. So I kind of like the four team field, but I also know that. If you're going to say you have five power conferences, then you need to expand the playoff field to make sure you're recognizing the five power conferences. Andy, I, I think you hit it with 
with the Southeast Conference, I don't think they care. Four team, eight team, twelve team. They don't. They're going to be well represented. Right. So, but they're apparently not the ones holding up expanded playoffs. What What kills me is ACC, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. How in the world you're not down on your knees begging? Right. begging everybody else to vote for expanded playoffs is just beyond me. You know, we could have a scenario where the the Big 12 and Pac-12 does not see a playoff berth for those next three years while it stays at four teams, okay? So three years from now, when they've not had a playoff team in any of those years – are they all going to look back and say, yeah, that was a good decision on our part to try to keep it to four teams? No, it, it's ridiculous. You know, not to mention two other points to all this, which is I think if you poll the fans, the fans would want the expanded playoffs. But apparently that doesn't matter. No. Nope. So if you're not going to worry about what the fans want, how about making a cold cash decision? There's a lot of money here for all of these conferences if they expand the playoffs. But they're just saying, no, no, we don't want the cash. So I don't get it. I don't understand it, Andy. It makes no sense in the world to me. But this will not be the first time college football confuses me with their decisions. So Do not not forget, (laughs) the Pac-12 and the Big 12 were the last two conferences to go to conference championship games. So they have this sort of slow roll, we don't get it sort of history, in my opinion, that it's all about creating opportunity. The job of the conference is to create opportunities for your team. And you were, you you were slow to react to when you needed to, to move into the conference championship era, and now you're even slower to react to when your your teams need to be you know more viable and expand the playoffs. And the crazy part is, there's money to be had out there. Like you're not only you're not creating opportunity for your for your conference schools, you're throwing money down the tube. And the SEC is just sitting there going, "Yeah, we'll take more of it. We'll take more of it. Yeah, thank you." Thank you. Okay. Let, let's turn to actual on-the-field news, and that's uh, we found out about a position change this week, Andy. Uh, Zachy Wheatley, uh, who this past season as a true freshman, apparently he played in that four-game limit to maintain his red shirt, and he did that at cornerback. Well, now we find out um, he's working out with the safeties. He's... Uh, apparently making that move and he's got pretty good size he's a at 6'2 192 is how he's listed on the spring roster any thoughts on this position change so this is uh this is sort of a internal Penn State uh what they call what I like to call a, a power move they're very good at this right at this position identifying these players and moving them to this position and what this tell? Here's what I think about it. He so he was a four-star prospect coming out of high school in Baltimore, Maryland area, and he's only a redshirt sophomore. Uh, excuse me, he's a redshirt freshman. But stop me if this sounds familiar, Jimmy. He's athletic. In other words, in other words, in high school he also played basketball and lettered for two years, and he played baseball as a freshman. I'm going somewhere. Stick with me, guys. 
He's played multiple sports. Oh, and he also played wide receiver in high school. Ross is a big fan, right? Our Ross Tucker, he's a big fan of offensive linemen and defensive linemen. He likes guys that wrestled. I like multiple sport guys at what I call space positions, receivers and D-backs. And Penn State's very good at making guys, making this move and getting guys into transition and putting them in a position to be successful. Four-star recruit, he already has talent. He's got some of the elements that you like. It just makes sense to me, and I'm like, I kind of like when Penn State makes these moves, I like to follow along with them because they make them for a very good reason, and they usually turn out pretty darn well. And I think if you're identifying a kid as having the skills to play at safety, and let's face it, at safety, you still have to cover people like a cornerback does. But if you have the size maybe to get into the box and tackle, and... And, Andy, if you go into the history at Penn State, seems to do a pretty good job of getting safeties into the league. Oh, and yeah. now you just have that, you know, you go from Brisker to Jair Brown. I, we know Brisker's going to be a high draft pick. I think Brown's going to be a pretty high draft pick next year. There seems to be this legacy starting. Maybe we're turning ourselves into safety you. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number one. Stick around. We got Ross Tucker coming in, and Andy will be back in quarter number four. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.